This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. We have a very interesting search and rescue story from Dan Hadley, who is with Salt Lake County Sheriff Search and Rescue, who uh, participated in a rescue in some of the very high mountains uh, east of uh, Salt Lake City. Dan, do you want to tell us about it? This rescue is a very common rescue that we experienced on the Salt Lake County Search and Rescue Team. Nearby in the Salt Lake City Valley, there is a peak that is 11,000 feet high. It's called Lone Peak. There are many trails that can take you up to its summit. The most common requires about 5,000 feet in elevation gain. But along the way, there are many forks to other trails that connect to different trailheads and also move towards the summit. As is common for hikers, they will start at this common trailhead, the Jacob's Ladder Trailhead, hike the 5,000 feet to the summit, and upon their return, they will take a wrong turn at one of the junctions and end up going down the wrong trail. In an effort to correct this, they will often move off trail to try to find their way back to their trailhead they started. The big problem with this is once you move off trail in the bottom half of the mountain, there are several drainages all filled with scrub oak, which is thick and very challenging to travel through. There are also many cliff bands that are often hidden until you get quite near them. So it can be very difficult to plan good routes while traveling off trail, especially once it gets dark. And that was the case for this particular brother and sister who had started their hike. This was in the spring, had summited and were now coming down the mountain, chosen the wrong trail at one of the junctions and had tried to correct their course. The particular drainage they ended up in is one that we've actually had many search and rescue incidents in. As is common with spring and it with it being a shoulder season, it's very typical that the daytime temperatures are very nice and, and comfortable for for hiking in shorts and a t-shirt, but during the evening and night temperatures, it often requires additional layers more than what a lot of hikers are carrying with them. For this brother and sister, they found themselves after getting lost off trail, trying to correct their course, they found themselves in technical terrain and in cold weather as a storm was blowing in that night. Once they determined that they did not know where to go and did not know how to navigate the cliffs that surrounded them, they called in for help. Fortunately, because the technology that we have with cellular phones these days, they were able to call 911 and 911 dispatch was able to get GPS coordinates from their distress call. This is very helpful to search and rescue teams as 
we immediately get their last known point. Anytime we're looking for a lost individual, the first thing we want to find out is the last known point. And the closer it is to their exact location, then the quicker we can find them and the shorter the duration of the rescue. Fortunately for this brother and sister, the GPS coordinate was very accurate. Sometimes they are not, and that delays rescue significantly. Because of the storm that was coming in, there wasn't an option to get a helicopter to help aid in the search. On this particular rescue, I was the first one on scene. But having said that, because of the multiple trailheads that exist for this area, I had gone to the wrong trailhead. Command, the incident command team had changed their mind many times as to which trailhead would be the best to start at. I went to the one they initially called, but between the time that I had taken to drive to that trailhead, they had changed to a different location. So I arrived at an empty trailhead, called into command. They told me to go to a different trailhead. So it's about 10 minutes away. I, I made that drive. I got there. And by that point, many rescuers had arrived on scene. They'd sent out one team, which we'll call Team 1. Then they sent out Team 2. They then thought that there was opportunity to go to another trailhead that they might that might be quicker to get to the victim so they sent me and an other rescuers to this other trailhead the same trailhead I went to initially once we got there and got ready to deploy they were able to further identify what trails were on the mountain which trails they thought would actually work out better for search rescue teammates and determined that we should go back to the previous incident command. So then we got back and drove to the incident command center at the other trailhead. During this time, they sent out a third team onto the mountain. So once we arrived again at the incident command center, we had three teams on the mountain. The team I was on had still not been deployed and decided that we should wait until we hear more from the other team members. The reason for this decision was that we still weren't certain that the GPS coordinate was accurate. And with all of the trails and all the terrain that was upon us, we wanted to make sure we didn't spread out all of the resources we had too far apart on the mountain. This would make the rescue less dynamic should the need arise for more gear that needed to be taken up or in the event that we were searching the wrong area and we needed to move people who were fresh and had not been hiking to a different part of the mountain. So we waited. And after about an hour, they decided that they should deploy my team, Team 4, and our task was to start up a different trail, a trail that had not been traveled by any of the other teams. This would put four different teams in four different locations on the mountain. So we had left much later than the previous teams. But 
we were tasked to travel on a trail. The other teams were tasked to travel on a mix of trail, but mostly off trail, whether it was on a ridge or in the actual drainage that we thought the brother and sister were in. So team four, my team traveled up the trail. We decided that our primary goal was to use the trail to our advantage and gain elevation as quickly and easily as possible. It's always difficult to gain elevation off trail. So even when the trail led us further away from the last known point, we stayed on course until we got a little bit above where the last known point was. This meant that we could traverse off trail, which is reasonably easy to do in this terrain, or and it also gave us the opportunity to move downhill should the need arise. The primary goal here was that we wouldn't have to travel uphill while off trail. And this worked out quite well. But because the trail had taken us so far away from last stone point, we did have a decent amount of terrain to cover. As we picked our way through this thick scrub oak and the cliff bands, we started hearing different radio chatter going on from other teams. Other teams had to encounter significant technical terrain. The storm had blown in and had challenged all the rescuers' gear and their personal preparedness with both layers and with the lack of crampons and ice axes that many members didn't bring. So as Team 4 continued the traverse, we heard many team members give up and turn back. It is not common for Sitch and Rescue members to give up and to turn back because as we know that many search and rescue teams are already the last resort for people that need help on the mountains. And so if search and rescue gives up, it really doesn't leave anybody to help out. So as some team members decided to abandon the rescue, this changed the dynamic of all the teams on the mountain. Many teams split up into teams of two. They began as teams of four. And some team members or teams merged together to form new teams. This is not easy for instant command to manage all these changes because you're trying to communicate everything over the radio and confirm who's with who. And then they have to reassign duties to the, the team members on the mountain while ensuring the safety of those team members that are coming back to command. So needless to say, there was a great deal of confusion as to who was in what team, where all the teams were, because of the challenges from the weather and the technical terrain. We didn't know what kind of state all the other teams were in and if they were still making good progress towards the last known point. At this point, the rescue had gone on for three to four hours, and we're well into the middle of the night at this point. So as Team 4 continued to traverse over, we started to divide amongst ourselves. As is common in, while, when traveling off trail, certain obstacles will challenge the technical ability of 
different rescue members differently. Subtle changes in course will take place. I may choose to go up and over a boulder. Another rescuer may choose to go around. And as that continues and repeats and repeats, by 100 yards, a quarter mile later, team members can get split up very quickly and easily. And such was the case here. By the luck of the train that I had personally chosen to go through, I ended up separated from my team, but I happened to get within voice contact of the victims, of the brother and sister. I waited for a moment to try to figure out where my team members were, and after a few moments of determining that they were all together and I was so close to the victims, I decided to press on for a few minutes to see if I could get more information about how to best access where the victims were. One of the fundamental rules in search and rescue is to never travel alone. So I was very cautious as to make sure that I didn't get into terrain that was dangerous or to get too far away and to use this opportunity while waiting for my team to arrive to just get an idea of what the terrain was like around us. Well, as I was investigating the terrain, I saw an opening through some shrubs that was right next to a cliff and it formed like a very small and short tunnel. And as I crawled through, I saw just on the other side of this tunnel, a platform where the brother and sister were. At the same moment, another rescuer was coming down a goalie right next to me. I thought this was someone from my team. So I pressed on, went over to the ledge and at the same time that I got to the ledge, this other rescuer met me there. And now we had me, another rescuer, and our two victims. But as I looked over, I noticed that the rescuer with us was someone from Team 1, the first team that got deployed. Same thing happened to him where he had got separated from his team. And now we were both there with no idea where the rest of our team was. We called this into command and... The incident command team was able to navigate all the changes that need to occur to reassemble teams correctly. So the state that we found our victims in, the sister was very cold. She had removed her shoes in, a, in an attempt to warm her feet, but we found her just standing in snowy on snowy ground. And we found them both with very minimal layers some light hiking pants, a t-shirt, and a very light jacket. By this point, it was the middle of the night. They hadn't moved for hours. We were in the middle of a snowstorm, and they were very cold. Both were shivering, and the brother was able to care for himself, and the, the sister was not, though both were conscious and responsive. So fortunately, on this particular rescue, I had packed extra layers with beyond what I would need, which I was able to give to the sister. So we're able to get her another layer of pants and two more layers of jackets to wear. 
one of the first things we did after an initial assessment was to give them some calories, whatever calories we had that they could eat, give them some fluids so that they had the nutrition that they would need to do some additional exercise to get out. As is common for hypothermic victims that are not severely hypothermic, one of the best ways to warm them up is to have them work. The best way to have this brother and sister work and to expend energy and get their body to warm up was to just hike uphill. And this was counterproductive to get them back to the trailhead. But we recognized that for them to travel downhill towards the trailhead would not warm them up and then that we would be battling further hypothermia that potentially may have would would get worse especially as we travel through wet terrain and they get more wet than they already were so we had them hike uphill for about 20 minutes that was all that was required for them to get sufficiently warm to be comfortable but as they had been out now for approximately 16 hours they were very fatigued. So we started traversing through the scrub oak terrain off trail, trying to travel in a perpendicular pattern towards the trail to ensure that we would cross it and not miss it. We found that we needed to provide some assistance to the sister, that she was too weak to hold herself up, especially in the trickier parts. A rope in this case wouldn't have helped us as it wasn't steep enough to allow her to really weight into the rope. But what we were able to do was to grab her jacket, twist the jacket around in our hands, and use that to kind of help hold her up. We certainly weren't carrying her or even taking a substantial amount of her weight but we were able to just remove five or 10 pounds of weight on a consistent basis to help her give a little more strength. And that resulted in her being able to hike out on her own power. If she had not been able to hike out on her own power, we would have had to stop, wait, risk getting cold and hypothermic again as we waited for other teammates to bring extraction gear and this would have taken hours and we already knew that the rescue on its own was taxing our our team and our ability to be efficient on this particular rescue so with the combination of getting them warmed up with with food and water and that little assistance and just holding the sister up by grabbing her jacket we were able to keep pushing through the, the, the off-trail terrain, bushwhack through. We did leverage having two people with us on our team, on our new team that we call Team One, to send one rescue out ahead to navigate, find the best way to pick through the thick foliage that, that we had to get through. Once we got to the trail, it was a fairly easy hike the snow was only a few inches at this point and we were able to stay on the trail and hike down pretty quickly and efficiently and we had spent about eight hours on the mountain on this rescue 
and our victims had spent nearly 24 hours in the mountains. This was a very good outcome for a rescue that was very challenging for both the victims, the rescuers, and incident command. Thanks for listening.